sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Happy Tuesday. It's Fantasy Sports. Today you are on the grid here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. For the next two hours, talking a lot of fantasy football with you, of course, keeping an eye on the Major League Baseball postseason and the League Championship Series has taken an interesting turn in both the American League and National League. In addition to that, a key injury to a running back in the NFL. Looks like if you added a very important piece at the beginning of the season to your fantasy team. You may actually get to play him this week. That's where we'll get started today. Joe, good afternoon, and uh, certainly a very exciting day of baseball postseason yesterday. We've seen now in two different situations, a I would say an American League, maybe not all that surprising in terms of the way that Tampa Bay has run things, but it was a shock to see the Braves come alive the way they did late and take control mm-hmm. of a seven-game series. Go figure that one. Yeah, they had a lot of great energy yesterday, too. Big home run there by Albies. And look, this was a, a great spot here for the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves have been plagued historically in their career. They are always that bridesmaid, never the bride. I mean, one time in that whole run where they had Glavin, Maddox, and Spolsa, they win a World Series. So it's kind of tricky because, you know, they've had some good teams in the past. Obviously, the last couple of years, they've had some very good teams. But maybe this is that year where they finally get in that dance. And how about those Rays? You know, we keep talking about the Rays bullpen, but maybe... Maybe the thing we forget to talk about the most with the Rays is the defense, too, because the defense showed up there in a big way. Not just the great catch by Manny Margot, but also some really great defensive plays as well. So it was a it was a fun night of baseball, fun night of football. And today we got more baseball and more football. It's Tuesday night football, baby. Everybody loves Tuesday night football. Yep. Having to wait in one of my leagues to see if I won or lost tonight. Uh, did not win last night. Camara uh, got me there in the fourth quarter. But uh, nonetheless, hopefully tonight we'll have a better result and certainly we'll see. We'll start off with our headlines today. Maybe the most interesting part about this is in the National League Championship Series, fans are able to attend. I believe they had about 10,000 people at the game last night. Uh, I also saw this morning, interestingly enough, when I was going through the the PR site for Major League Baseball that the Indians already canceled their winter warm-up in January. So who knows which way we're headed here with fans, but it was definitely good to see some in attendance for sure. The Atlanta Braves, thanks to a big hit from, of course, Austin Riley, an early hit from Freddie Freeman leads them to victory. They beat the Dodgers and certainly nothing to panic about. It's a seven-game series. If you're a Dodgers fan, Game two is going to be huge. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Okay, now the Astros, of course, are now in big trouble because they've now lost to the Rays two straight games, and a couple of errors really cost them in this one, and the Rays just basically after they have a lead, they do not give it up, and that's what happened again yesterday. They're up 2-0 in their uh, series against the Astros, and Houston's basically got to win every game the rest of the way to advance. Uh, Saints take down the Chargers in overtime yesterday. It was the Chargers, of course, with the big lead and missing field goals and blowing the game. This is good. You know, It's basically the same script every year for the Chargers, and it played itself out that way last night. Lakers victory parade, no parade, because they're on hold due to COVID-19. And our first SEC football game postponed due to COVID-19. We're getting ready to have the Big Ten back coming up very soon, and the pack back very soon as well. But unfortunately, this is just the nature of the season at this point. And uh, also one note here at the top of the hour, Dalvin Cook expected to miss this week. So uh, Alexander Madison, for those people who have him in fantasy, are going to get to suit him up this week. But uh, Joe, certainly baseball, in terms of what we saw yesterday, I think that that is really 
uh, amazing to see what Tampa Bay is doing. And just a foregone conclusion that L.A. was just going to walk over Atlanta. Uh, clearly, that's not going to happen here. The Braves, all of a sudden, late in the season, have shown that the 60-game pitching season didn't mean squat because their guys are alive and well. No Soroka. And Cole Hamels, they signed, didn't throw a pitch for them this season. And they have had the best pitching staff in the postseason thus far. And it's not close. They're number one. Well, look, and they got another great start from Max Reed, who we talked about all the time as possibly the best pitcher on that staff, even hanging into the season with those other names that were out there. And this was way back in January and February with this conversation because Max Fried had the big strikeout rate. Max Fried had all of the peripheral stats that showed you he could make that next jump from number two to ace potentially. And he's had to because of the injury to Soroka. He stepped up in that void. Uh, Walker Buehler didn't pitch poorly yesterday. It's just Max Fried was better. And in the other game as well, it wasn't that Lance McCullers was awful. Just every time he made a mistake, somebody hit it hard and hit it out of the ballpark. And that is a tough pill to swallow there if you're the Astros but look the Braves needed to win this game because in my opinion you have to win the Max Freed starts because that is your best chance in that starting rotation to get a W so it was a huge win for them beating Walker Buehler is always a huge thing let's see how the Dodgers respond here today but uh clearly the Rays have all the momentum right now in the other series clearly the Astros backs are against the wall here and it's just showing you how much you miss a Justin Verlander or a healthy Zach Greinke in this kind of short series and when you're in the postseason those are the kind of guys you've relied on in the past they've had Garrett Cole they've had Verlander and of course they've even had Keuchel in the past but all those guys are gone right now so now you're left with a bunch of guys like McCullers and Framber Valdez who have been okay but you have to support these guys a little bit more than they have and the uh, the errors by Altuve certainly not good either those are two moments I wish they could have back I'm sure but looking at things right now it looks like the Rays are in the driver's seat and it looks like we're in for a competitive series in the National League and I think that's great for baseball yeah, it will be very tough to to see Houston coming back and winning. But again, they will have Zach Greinke on the mound for game four. So he is still in play in this series. And look, they have the bats to do it as well. They're now just going to have to do it against the Rays starting pitching. And that's been tough to uh, find an answer to for sure. And in, and in terms of Max Fried, he has not been, he has not been great. Uh, it has been the other guys that were great. And now all of a sudden, Max Fried showed up yesterday and he was great as well. The Marlins beat him up a little bit. Uh, but... Now we're at the point now where Freed looks like the guy he was early on in the season. If he can maintain that and they get these pitching performances from Kyle Wright and Ian right. Anderson, an amazing transformation of that pitching staff, which basically nobody had up staff this season. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We're going to get to our fantasy standouts from the Monday Night Football and, of course, Major League Baseball's American League Championship and National League Championship as well. But before we get to that, a little bit of breaking news here. National League Championship Series Game 2, unfortunately for Clayton Kershaw, 
His back issues have popped up again here in the mm-hmm. postseason. He will not be pitching tonight against the Atlanta Braves. So the Dodgers, Joe, up against it for sure. Uh, very rarely do you see a pitcher not able to throw in a postseason game, but certainly uh, if the Braves were ever going to win this series in a seven-game series, you never want it to happen this way. Uh, but now they they got to you know smell blood in the water here. If Kershaw can't go tonight, and the Dodgers have to bullpen this thing all the way through, and maybe not even have Kershaw, uh, who knows, for a game six or game seven, that certainly changes the dynamic in this uh, series. And those of you who want to bet it on FanDuel, make sure you understand that going into tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really tough. Uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw just can't seem to catch a break. And he's such a, obviously a great player, great man of the game, uh, certainly a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about that. Arguably one of the best pitchers of his generation. And the postseason just continues to be his undoing. And so does his back as we get into this you know, point of his career. You know, a couple years ago, I wrote a piece where I was breaking up with Clayton Kershaw after having him for so many years and always being willing to pay that price. And then I just was out last year. I just couldn't do it anymore. He had missed so many starts. And then last year, he had a really good season. It wasn't Clayton Kershaw standard dominant season, but it was a very good season nonetheless. But he kind of spoiled us all those years with how great and dominant he was. And this is unfortunate because I think, you know, just as a baseball fan, you want to see the best guys out there. And Clayton Kershaw is still one of the best guys. So it's a huge bummer. And it's really difficult now because now all of a sudden that loss yesterday becomes magnified because who is it today? Is it a combination of Urias and a couple other guys? Do you get a start of somebody else? And I don't know. It's tough, man. It's certainly tough for certainly the, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers and for all of baseball to not get the Kershaw start today. And they'll have to make a decision because with COVID and everything else going on, if they decide to place Kershaw on the injured list during the championship series, he would be unavailable for the World Series. So the Dodgers definitely are going to have to make a decision there. They could take him off the roster and bring somebody else on. That could help them for today. But if they get through the series, they wouldn't have him for the World Series. So uh, we'll follow this as we go here. But this is just happening now. So I wanted to bring it to you. Okay, Monday Night Football. Let's get to the fantasy standouts. Justin Herbert with another great game. We'll talk about Rookie of the Year odds and see where he stacks up now. Because Herbert has just simply put been awesome. And, uh, and man, uh, I, this is, I would say probably in 2020 of all of the things that I was wrong about. And there's a lot. This is the one that I just did not see coming. I watched this kid play all the time at Oregon, thought he was a product of the system, product of the offensive line. Still very early on, but no doubt, when you're throwing four touchdowns and breaking records in a Monday night football game, you got to take your L and give some give the kid some credit. He's been great. Uh, Drew yeah. Brees, 33 of 47, 325, one touchdown, one interception. Justin Jackson got the majority of carries, looked pretty good in the game, 15 for 71, five receptions, 23 yards as well. Alvin Kamara, uh, Kamara, as I mentioned, leading by, I think I was up by about six or seven going into the second half, leading by one going into the Saints' final drive, and then Kamara just went nuts and then caught all those balls. So uh, that was it. Mike Williams had a very nice long touchdown. He'll be an interesting target for some people in fantasy, for people who cut him, like me. He also scored two touchdowns in the game. And Emmanuel Sanders had 12 receptions and 122 yards in this one, so he was the primary guy. Uh, Saints get a very important big win. They do not cover, unfortunately, for Saints backers in this one, Joe. But the most important thing is that the Saints basically escape alive with a win, and they get Thomas back next week. And so the assumption is the Saints will get better. But uh, it's interesting that Herbert isn't winning any games as quarterback of the Chargers, but he looks great in all the games that he's playing in. So clearly the Chargers' defense is... 
Uh, not good, and Herbert is. So who had that one? Chargers D bad, Herbert uh, good quarterback. Not, not me. And uh, and look, you know, you never know what a quarterback's going to become in the NFL and how certain systems and certain people can develop them. But look, you're not alone on the island thinking that Herbert was not going to be good right away. And he has been all that and then some so far. So believe me, you're not alone on the island. You got plenty of company. I'll be there with you too. But it's great to see. Like I'm happy about being wrong about Herbert because this is great. It's great for Keenan Allen's value, who unfortunately got hurt in this game and came out with a back injury right after he caught that touchdown. And I don't know, I kind of felt like when that happened, I thought, oh, this is going to be really tough for them to win this football game without Keenan Allen. And all the way up to the fourth quarter, they had a lead and I couldn't believe it. And there's something about the Chargers where they just can't finish. They just don't know how to win. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's that that killer instinct thing. I don't know if it's that 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 disability of them to, to fall apart at the wrong moment every single time. I think it's great that Mike Williams had a great game and stepped up when Keenan Allen was hurt. Uh, I would love, finally, for somebody to make Mike Williams a thing, but Mike Williams has to stay on the field, too, in all fairness to, to him. It was another game where he saw Taysom Hill have that big moment, too, scoring that touchdown. That's not to be lost in the shuffle here for the Saints. I'm with you. You get Thomas back. These are good wins here for them. Tough wins. They were down in both games last two weeks, the Saints. They came back against Detroit and won. They came back again at home against the Chargers and won. So you get Michael Thomas back, and all of a sudden, man, I cannot wait for the second time, eventually for the Bucks and the Saints to lock horns a little bit when everybody's at full strength again. That's going to be a musty game, too. Yeah, for sure. And and look, the Saints just keep escaping in wins, but in the end we just look at the wins, sometimes don't even look back at the close games, and that's that's kind of part of the the story here in 2020 for sure. Uh over to baseball we go and Rays Manny Margot really was the star of that game last night with a great catch. Uh also hit a home run, drove in three runs. The Rays just take players from other teams and make them good. Mm-hmm. Mike Zanino a hit a home run and of course a run scored. Uh, Charlie Morton was was pretty good and, and didn't get deep into the game, but you don't need anyone with that raised bullpen. You go five innings, you're probably winning if you only give up a run or two, and Morton certainly did his job yesterday. Kiki Hernandez for the Dodgers hit a home run, so did Freddie Freeman early on in the game, but it was Ozzy Albies and and Austin Riley, and, and those guys really came through late for them. Walker Bueller uh, walked a bunch of guys, didn't look sharp at all. Uh, but did get through it to the point where he could have won. Uh, and then Max Fried uh, had a really nice game for uh, the Atlanta Braves. And so uh, certainly those are the standouts. But look, I, I think for the Dodgers, you just look, they, they've been throwing Dustin May out there for an inning and taking him out. You mentioned Urias. I'm guessing either he gets the start today or he's part of this. Gonsolin, who pitched great during the regular season mm-hmm. and very well could be the rookie of the year. You could get involved in this. It's not like the Dodgers don't have anyone. It's right. just that you're down 0-1 and you think you have the Cy Young Award, you know, Hall of Famer Cy Young Award winner going for you in game two, and now you don't. So if I am the Braves, I mean, I'm certainly not treating this like game seven because there's still a long way to go. But if I am Brian Snicker, I am doing everything I possibly yeah. can to win this one because you go up 2-0 and, and you don't know the status of Kershaw moving forward. And in the past, when this has happened to Kershaw, he usually misses about a week. So that would probably put him out for the rest of this series. Maybe not the World Series, but the rest mm-hmm. of this series. I think you got to go all in or as close to all in as you can tonight. No, I think it's a great point. Uh, hey, look, if there's one team that can certainly patch enough guys and good arms together between Urias, May, Gonsolin, and a couple other ones to make this work today, it's the Dodgers. And if they should win a game like this, you have to feel, okay, we've got a little bit of momentum here off of that. Look at us. It's us against the world. And, you know, that's kind of a, a, a script 
that got flipped there because the Dodgers are the unmitigated favorites, right? Undisputed in that in that situation. And now all of a sudden, they look like the underdogs right now. And that's kind of an interesting switch here for these two teams. But you're 100% right. This is a huge opportunity here for Atlanta to take advantage of a situation. And if they can today and go up 2-0, Man, that is really tough right now, and you're putting the Dodgers behind the eight ball for sure. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. This is going to be must-see television here and see what these young pitchers are made of here for the Dodgers. And they all have great skills. We know this. And many of them are ticketed for rotation spots in the next year or so with this organization. But can they step up in this one day and make it all work? I guess we're going to find out. But my goodness, it's really something here. This is really huge news here in a huge seismic shift, not just, you know, from – the fantasy perspective, the wagering perspective, but the baseball perspective, everything right now. I mean, when you miss Clayton Kershaw for his scheduled start just hours before it's supposed to happen, that's a huge game changer. Yeah, and the Dodgers a couple of minutes ago announced that Tony Gonsolin will start. So Gonsolin okay. is fantastic during the regular season, uh, but he hasn't pitched in two weeks. So we'll see what he looks like tonight against the Braves. Of course, we'll recap that game for you tomorrow right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Chris has the update, and then we're back with more fantasy football inside the numbers, so make sure you stay on the grid. We're back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We've got another football game tonight, it would appear. Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, our Tuesday night football debut. So we'll recap that game tomorrow, as well as have Dr. David Chow to discuss all of the injuries upcoming this week. Of course, there are some huge ones, including uh, Dalvin Cook, who several reports uh, out of Minneapolis are saying basically is unlikely to play this week. And then, of course, they have a bye the following week. And based on his injury, it would seem as though he probably should be back in a couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see how the tight, uh, how the Vikings decide to handle Cook moving forward. Maybe Madison gets involved a little bit more in the game plan, although he still is getting eight to ten touches a game. So that's kind of where we'll start here as we go inside the numbers in fantasy football, Joe. And let's start off with our first one here which is the number 41. And uh, that is the roster percentage of leagues that Alexander Madison is owned in fantasy leagues, which seems low. This was a shocking shocking number. Yesterday you made the comment probably 100%, and I was thinking in my head as well. I was thinking, yeah, it's probably at least in the 80s, I imagine. He was very much drafted, but I guess what we didn't take into account is a lot of people after the first few weeks watching Dalvin Cook went, well, this isn't working out. I'm going to drop the lottery ticket and go pick up somebody else because there's so many injuries, so many issues going on. You probably had to. And it, let's say he was drafted in around 80 or 90% of leagues. Look how much it's fallen off. All the way that percentage of being rostered on teams went from probably around 90 to probably around 50 in five weeks. And that is a staggering number when you think about it. And and you're right. This could only be a short-term thing here. But Madison had 100 carries last year. Madison was useful. And considering the track record of injury Dalvin Cook has of being hurt in every single season, and no, I'm not stuttering here, every single season Dalvin Cook has missed time with an injury, then 
Madison, I think, is a guy worth holding on to the rest of the season. I mean, he looked fantastic in the second half of that game. Uh, they do a really good job there of scheming. Gary Kubiak has done a great job there with that run game over the last couple of years there for the Vikings. So for me, I think no matter what, you still go get Madison. A win is a win. And if he can help you get a win this week, I don't care about the bye or when Dalvin Cook comes back. I'm telling you right now, just play. We talked about it yesterday. Play for this week. Get one win at a time. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. It's the NFL. It's 2020. It's a crazy season. Just get a W this week. And I think despite all of the things, the fact that it's only 41% rostered is is really surprising, Craig. I could not believe that number when I saw it yesterday. What 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 website? What are we using here for this? ESPN for is 40%. ESPN is 40% and Yahoo is 42%. So I split the difference and gave you the 41. Yeah, I, I see sixty percent on on CBS, uh, and so I, I would guess that this number is well. That number changed in one in one thing. Let me just tell you that number changes. This was as of Sunday night. So what happens is after Monday, there's a lot of leagues where you you have rolling waivers where people can pick up people. That's not the same as there's like a first come first serve kind of situation in some leagues. So you'll right. see the numbers jump then between say Monday and then into Tuesday or even Wednesday, even before waivers get processed in most leagues. Some leagues have these weird other situations where you could just pick up anybody at any time, which is kind of crazy just the next day. Yeah, I see ESPN at forty-one percent. I see CBS at sixty. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's, it's incorrect. I just think that it's still if low. I had to Even sixties low and surprising. If I, if I had <laughs> to guess, it's half of leagues, and that's not that shouldn't be where it is. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get how that could be the case. But look, it is. It does not take any host on Sports Grid or any fantasy host anywhere else to tell you to play this guy this week. And it is a yeah. it is a waste of 15 seconds of time. If you don't know that by now, you should not be playing fantasy football it's, at all. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of – right. We don't need to tell you to play. It's a matter of – especially if you are behind things and you're looking where you let's say you're let's say you're a team right now that's two and three right you're saying do i want to waste a lot of free agent budget just to get madison for one game potentially with the buy coming up that's the conversation you're having with yourself and right, i think the answer you should be having is yes and i think that that is what that's the nuance that we're trying to bring you on this show now pick up madison play him of course but it's the idea of be aggressive to try to get him even if it only is for one week because one win this year is gold every win really counts this year Dearness Johnson's still better long term. Kidding. Probably. Okay, graphic. Hey, it might be. Uh, let, let, it might be. <laughs> I think I He's got on that six one. weeks right, to prove it. No. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, and Lamar Jackson in fantasy this year, right? Number one quarterback in fantasy. Number two, got to be number one or number two, right? Or number three or number four. Uh, number eight in fantasy football this year, right. Joe. What in the world? Eighth, no. eighth best overall. They haven't even had a buy yet. No, I know. Eighth. Uh, this was kind of a shocking number to me. Uh, uh, Kate Majuk, uh, who's been on the show, she had a tweet about it. And I said, no, that can't be, can it? And I certainly, I went and I looked at it myself. And I said, well, look at that. He is all the way down there at eighth. And actually, he went up this past week. He was actually at 11th going into this game, if you can believe it. And, and look, you know, I don't think anybody expects him to repeat what he did last year. But at the same time, I think we expect a little bit more of him and of the offense in general. And the run game hasn't quite been as good. They haven't moved the chains as efficiently. They haven't been as prolific. And um, look, the health was questionable coming into this week. They got enough to get the victory and they got everybody kind of out of there and then just sat on the lead. So just from a fantasy perspective, this was the guy who was basically like having a player and a half almost like having a quarterback and a running back out of one position. That's how prolific he was. He led the league in passing touchdowns and he led all quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns. So that that's a tough thing to duplicate. But at the same time, eight 
is not where we expect Lamar to be. So keep that in mind. Maybe he becomes an interesting buy low target for somebody who spent a lot of draft capital on him. Yeah, and, and I think that it's important to note that last year, through the first four games, he had a couple of games where the team put 50 up, including week mm-hmm. one against Miami, where he threw three touchdowns, yep. I think, of 60 yards or more. So, uh, look, it, uh, I don't think they're scaling him back at all. It's just the nature of their schedule. And I would mm-hmm. guess in the end, he'll still finish in the top five at the very least. Blowout against Cincinnati where they didn't need him. In the game against, was it Kansas City? He looked, they just got They were terrible. Yeah, they they got, yeah. Right. And and so you can't eliminate those two games, and they're really important in the 13-game fantasy regular season, and I get that. But I do think that over the course of 13 and getting into your fantasy football playoffs, I think that this is a number to me that I think will go up. But we'll see. Uh, Here is a number that is not surprising because, again, Seattle has not played well defensively this year. 1,852. That is the number here, Joe. The passing guards given up by the Seahawks in 2020. They had Earl Thomas. They had Cam Chancellor. They had Richard Sherman. They, they had the Legion of Boom. They had a lot of great defenders. They also had uh, the b- best probably home field advantage in the football, in football. maybe maybe number one or number two. Maybe Saints maybe a little bit better than that. Uh, so, look, I am surprised that the talent has, has dripped so bad from them, but I've seen them play. And so this is, of all the things yeah. that we're going to discuss, this is probably the least surprising one for me. It, it's the least surprising, and that's not why I put this number together. The surprising part is it's 200 more yards than the next lowest team. That's that's what's so staggering about it. Like it's not even it's oh it's bad oh we are, we are probably you know not surprised that they're last, but they're two that's almost an entire game's worth of yards potentially in a certain circumstance. So I mean that's how bad it's been, and you have to understand going forward. You know this is part of the reason why Russell Wilson's offense has been so prolific because they've had to be. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you're also looking kind of the schedule and looking at teams who are playing Seattle. I don't care who it is if you think the offense is kind of meh. It might be worth looking into them in FanDuel. It might be worth looking into them and streaming some of those guys in season long because it's not just bad. It is woefully bad. It is so awful. And look, you're right. They've also been on a lot of primetime games. We've all gotten to see it on display. But even 200-plus yards worse than the next worst team, and they are dead last, that's pretty bad. All right, now let's go over to the quarterback position and focus in on Carson Wentz. And through five games, nine interceptions for Carson Wentz. And so you guys can do the math there. His pace is basically 30 interceptions this season. This is like Winston like Joe. And then I I suppose you would think that this number would come back to the norm a little bit because this is not who he is and it's not who he was. So what gives here? It's tough, man, because do we want to say it's a product of not having healthy wide receivers like Alshon Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson? I mean, he's found Fogum. He's made him something. Uh, And we'll talk about him more tomorrow on Waiver Wire Wednesday. But uh, this is very difficult because you just mentioned he's on pace for 30 plus. And where did that get Jameis Winston? Out the door. And then you saw Jalen Hurts take a snap. And all of a sudden now you're going to start to hear those footsteps. You're going to have to hear this chatter. You're going to hear the media in Philadelphia talking about Jalen Hurts probably in the next couple weeks if this trend continues. And we knew it was going to be a tough week for them against Pittsburgh. But still... This is not good for Carson Wentz long-term, and I think the Eagles, should everything continue in this trend, they might have to step back and take a long, hard look at this whole thing and make some wholesale changes. And right now, Carson Wentz went from being one of the most consistent quarterbacks in 2020, the only quarterback one to throw a touchdown in every single, single game last year, to being a guy who's leading the league in interceptions. That is a big, big difference year over year for Wentz. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts, and and I hope that eventually he gets his opportunity. It's surprising to see that it could come sooner than later, but 
look, the the Eagles at this point, even with the struggles of all the teams in the NFC East, you know that they're going to be there and you know that they're going to have a chance late in the year to catch Dallas. I just don't know, um, you know, if they can. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do one more here and let's focus in on uh, the number 10. And that is the number, Joe, of, of the number of catches for Calvin Ridley that have gone for 20 or more yards. Now, mm-hmm. this is a really interesting one because, first of all, he's gotten a lot better than what he was last year. There is no doubt about that. But, boy, I, I saw an interesting uh, an interesting note about the, the Falcons maybe trading Matt Ryan at the trade deadline, if they could possibly pull that off, and maybe even to Dallas. I was like, wow, like that is not something that I could that I would think could happen at all. Uh, but has that ever put, happened if, ever? Have we ever had a, a, an MVP quarterback traded in midseason? I don't think I've ever heard of that in my whole life. I saw something. I was like, wow, like I didn't see that coming. Like if Dalton was to struggle the next couple of weeks, would, the, would Dallas try to get Ryan and keep Ryan moving forward and let that go? I was like, wow, I didn't see that. So, uh, but anyway. Uh, that big number for Ridley. He's, he's having a great year for sure, and 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 doesn't seem to matter if uh, Julio Jones is playing or not. Yeah, and that's the point to take away with Julio Jones out this past week. Uh, I think seeing Ridley continue to be awesome is is huge, and uh, he's number one by the way in the league in this the, with the ten. <laughs> so just so you know, like it's it's not that it's just a good number; it's the best number. And I think when you're looking at the second half last year of Calvin Ridley, you saw this start to happen, and basically it's carried over, and that is great news for any keeper league owners of Calvin Ridley. All right, coming up next, it's time for Hot Take Tuesday here on Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you stay on the grid. Greg Miss, Joe Pizzapia. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid for all the latest on social media, all of the different video and audio clips that we have going on on our 24-hour channel here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Today, it's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia, two hours every day with you from noon to two on the East Coast. And today is Tuesday, so we're going to go through some potential hot takes in fantasy football. And let's get started, Joe, with the first hot take of the day. Is it a hot take or not? You missed the sell high window on James Robinson. James Robinson, mm. of course, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think I'd like to start here. Ooh, I think I'd like go to ahead. Start. Ooh, I don't think you've ever started. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm Did gonna, you miss the sell high window? I'm, I'm going to say that this is a super hot take. Really? Okay. And, and the reason why? why? Because who who are you starting at running back in fantasy these days? <laughs> It's always your default. Like, I know. I, I mean, I mean, how many guys? How many guys can you find is better than James Robinson for the rest of the <laughs> season? Uh, that's not the question, but that's not that's not the take. The take is the take is. Did you miss the window to sell? No, you can sell him next week, and the really week after, and the week after, and the week after. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm starting sell more high, but can you sell him high? It's a very. I'm I'm, I'm holding you to the words. In the yeah, take, yes, you can. Any, if I am in a fantasy league and someone's offering me James Robinson, I'm taking a serious look at that trade. I mean, I'm I out here starting Ernest Johnson, 
Mark Ingram. I'm like jumping up and down for Madison. I mean, this is not the way I thought the season was going. And and by the way, I'm I'm only in two leagues, the dynasty league, and I'm never going to win a game. All I'm going to go in 13 and get a high pick. But in the two in the two leagues that I'm in that are the redraft leagues, I'm doing fine in both leagues. But I don't have running backs. Like I have Ezekiel Elliott and nothing in any of these uh, leagues. You give me James great. Robinson. I'll start that guy right now every single week. I got nothing in these leagues. I like it's in, it is I, impossible. I agree. I think this is a hot take, too. I just like poking the bear a little bit here and just turn you yeah, up. Well, I, right. you, I don't think we've ever had one of these where you were like, no, I have such a definitive feeling about this. I am going to go first. I'm not even going to throw it to you. I love yeah. this. No, I, I got to go first. I love the fire. Uh, look, I think it's great. And I, I, I think you're right. You probably Here's what I'll say about this. I think you missed the sell high. So I, I will say that you, but I don't think you missed the window to get out from him if you want to. But I agree with, with Craig's take, which is I would still take James Robinson because I think he is still going to be the guy in the backfield. And you've also read some quotes saying, you know what? Bad job by us as the Jaguars. We got to get this guy the ball more. That's what was working for us before. And, you know, with DJ Shark getting injured again, don't be surprised if they start to go back to that a little bit more. So, you know, I don't know if the uh, the special sauce for the Jaguars is Gardner Minshew throwing the ball, you know, for 300-something yards every game. I think Robinson being more involved is what you want to do. So um, you might have missed the very peak of selling him, but uh, I think you could still absolutely sell him off if you were afraid. And I'm with Craig. I'd be happy to take him. So that was an interesting yeah. one. That, that was a take I'll that take had many anybody. layers to it. Mm. I'll take anybody that's playing at a, at a run, at running back. I mean, I'm sitting here with Cam Akers and all these guys are not playing. Hey, Cam Akers all is right. on the he, he's on the way up right now. Everybody likes the Cam Akers right now. Uh, we'll that's see. what they that's I what the kids so. are saying. The kids like the Cam Akers. That's what they say on the internets. Okay, let's move on. Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, he'll benefit from Dak Prescott's injury. This is a hot take, yes or no? Uh, this is a very hot take. I mean, first of all, how how is ever downgrading from Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton a good thing? And I know everybody wants to build the narratives right now of, well, Andy Dalton's a very established veteran quarterback, and yes, he is. But, you know, Andy Dalton looked like all those little wheels were coming off, and I think everybody is is – Everybody understands that there's far bigger drop-offs from your starting quarterback to go down to the next guy. And Andy Dalton is probably better than most, maybe 85, 90% of all the other backup quarterbacks in the league. But he's still a backup. He's still the second to Dak Prescott. I don't think this improves the Cowboys' offense. And there's also this narrative that even Tony Dungy put out there, and he put out a kind of the wrong wording there and got hammered for it on Sunday night of this being a, quote, blessing. It was not really the right thing to say. But that all of a sudden now, well, they're going to be a run first team now and help out the defense because Andy Dalton. Well, shouldn't you have been helping out the defense anyway? They've been awful. You kind of missed that window to do that too. So I think this is a very hot take, man. I don't like this one at all. Zeke's always been good. I don't think you're going to get more Zeke just because you're getting Andy Dalton. I don't think that's the case. I think you've gotten enough Zeke already. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. Uh, I, I think that that he's going to get more volume and there's a chance – that that could lead to a little bit more, but it seems unrealistic. He already gets 30 touches a game. I mean, what are we talking about? One or two more touches a game. And I think Dallas will try to do what they're doing with Prescott and just throw the ball all over the place. But uh, look, Zeke has been honestly that one guy in the top three or four that's actually delivered. So no wonder why. Yeah, it's him and Kamara. We, we talked about it yesterday, right? In the first round, we went through the first round. CMC hurt. Saquon out. Nick uh, Chubb hurt. Uh, we had Austin Eckler out, all the wide receivers, right? Julio out, Devontae Adams out, Michael Thomas out. Um, we said Chubb, Dalvin Cook, who we're going to talk about next, out. I mean, when you think about it, the only two guys right now, the definitive first-round guys that are out there playing and being productive, Alvin Kamara, 
Ezekiel Elliott. And those are the two guys were right, right around like what three, four, five. That's that's kind of the range you got those guys. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you were lucky to have the third pick in fantasy. Like as a, like I mean, that <laughs> you just were. shows you the luck. And everybody was so mad. They're like, oh, man, or the fourth pick. And they went, oh, man, I'm missing out on CMC. I'm missing out on Saquon. Oh, man, now I got the fourth pick. I'm going to have to settle for Alvin Kamara or Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, well, that worked out, didn't it? Yeah, just just save that for anybody watching for 2021 so I don't have to hear that. It doesn't matter where you pick. It matters if your guy gets hurt. All right, Dalvin Cook. Let's move on to Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. He is not a good fantasy keeper. Mm. Uh, is this a hot take or not? I'm going to say this is a hot take because for, for a couple of different reasons. The first is, is that he's a stud. He's a star. He does get hurt uh, very often. And it does depend on the kind of format that you have. Uh, in a re- If this is a, a redraft league, you should never be worried about drafting Dalvin Cook because all you have to basically do is back him up with Madison. But right. we're not talking about redraft. We're talking about keeper. I still say hot take. I know that he's been hurt and he's missed a couple of games, but the nature of the running back position, it's so hard to find guys at this point. If Dalvin Cook plays 10 games or 11 games and gives me what I need, I'll take it. I struggle with this one, and I've been a guy since his rookie year that had all the Dalvin Cook shares, and and he got hurt that year. I remember that. I, I remember. You remember? Really. We were doing shows again. No, no. Okay. Well, I did, and he got hurt, and I was very sad. I cried a lot, a lot of feels, all the feels, as the kids say. And then the next year I bought back in, and he got hurt. And then last year I didn't have him, and he got hurt. And uh, this year I, I don't have him, and he got hurt. And I, I feel like the one thing I keep saying over and over is he got hurt. And as a keeper, you're right. right but okay, you you're getting 18 games. No, I actually don't have Madison. I wish I did in some of those leagues. But um, here's the thing about Dalvin Cook: as if you're looking at compared to some other running backs right now out there, I understand that you know you can make the argument. Well, when he's on the field, he's very good. But as a keeper, I think there's a lot of guys that I would put above him, and some of the quarterbacks too. And it's just it's tough. I don't think this is a hot take. I think I struggle with this because this guy has gotten hurt every single year. And you also are the king of saying running backs have a window of time, right? He's getting close to that. He's been in the league four or five years. Before we start looking. He might have. I don't care if he signed an extension. It's not going to make him younger, is it? I don't think he's a good keeper anymore. Oh come on, man! That's that's your twenty five years old. That's still very young. He could play two, three more years, no problem at a high level. None. He gets yeah, hurt a lot. That's 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 legitimate. Not a lot. On. Every single year. Every single year now. It's hard. It's hard. He he's a good hurt, keeper. He gets hurt. A great he gets hurt. You have to have Madison if you have Cook. I mean, let me tell you, anybody who drafted Cook this season and the leagues that I'm in, again, I'm not playing in nearly the amount of leagues that I have in the past. And so when I bring these up, folks, it is two leagues that I'm in, not ten. Like a lot of other people. I only I'm only playing in two. But the two leagues that I'm in, I don't have Cook and I have Madison. I should have not been allowed to have that happen. It should not have somebody else should have scooped him before and, and I didn't even I remember one of the drafts we did, and I have a draft partner here. He's he's uh he's a catcher, uh free agent. And and I remember I remember getting to the point. I remember when Madison was on the board. And I don't remember who was there, but I had somebody else in the queue to take. And I remember saying to him, listen, here's the deal. We can take this guy. Man, I, w- I got to go back and look and see who it was. We could take this guy or we just throw this huge Hail Mary and take Madison way too early here, like two or three rounds. But if this guy plays, we could win the league. And he's mm-hmm. like, Madison. 
Boom. <laughs> That's how it happened. I don't remember who it was though that was there. Well, I, I really but, uh, but the but here you go. But so so you 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 spend for the lottery ticket and you're gonna get a week out of him and maybe you get the W. And then if Cook comes back, then we're you know in two weeks, then we're kind of right back where we were, where you're just kind of sitting on that maybe stock. So. This might be the maybe best time so. to sell Madison in a redraft league because just maybe somebody might be looking out there, especially the Dalvin Cook owner, and it might be worth more to yeah, them than that it is guy to you. Is what I'd be emailing that you sure. should be looking for. Would you rather have James Robinson or Alexander Madison the rest of the season? Robinson. Ah, me too. So maybe the Dalvin Cook owner who has that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm throwing out a circumstance here. But, but, it's but the Robinson owner can't afford it because he's not going to have anybody else to play. You know, it's but the Robinson owner didn't. Hold on a second. The Robinson owner did not draft him. The Robinson owner picked him up off the waiver wire. So actually, that scenario is actually more likely than you think because that's a guy first week waiver wire. He's probably got Cook and two other running backs on his roster, too. He might have a, a whole depth of running back potentially. Guaranteed. That's not guaranteed by any stretch. It's not he guaranteed, have, but neither is that Ingram. scenario. It's a hypothetical scenario. What does he do? If he's got Mark Ingram and he's starting Mark Ingram and he's got Dalvin Cook and those are his two best running backs and he's got James Robinson right now and you've got to protect your asset and the best asset of those three is whoever the Minnesota Vikings running back is. That's something. All right. Well, here's another question. Would you rather have Mark Ingram rest of season or Alexander Madison? One's playing. One might not. Madison. That's great. I mean, it's great to, to to think about the future, but I don't know, man. I kind of want the guy who's playing. Ingram has how many really... weeks do you have to see Ingram? He's done I don't nothing. think Ingram's Five good. Weeks. Nothing. I understand. It's frustrating. What I'm saying is, it's a complicated situation. It's a complicated situation right now with Madison no, and, Cook and, and Cook's long-term value. Man, the guy's been in the league for four years. He's been hurt all four years. I don't know when we stop looking at this and going, okay, he is great when he's on the field, but as a keeper, I think you can do better. And that was the question. So I'm going to stick with it. It's not a hot take. All right. Okay. Uh, Let's move on to the Falcons coaching situation. And the Falcons will be better now that they fired Dan Quinn. Is this a hot take? Yes, it's absolutely a hot take. I think (laughs) just because you fire the coach doesn't make you better. I know Houston fired the coach and they won a game. But I don't think all and so will Atlanta. And so will they, Atlanta this week. And why? Who are they playing this week? I forgot who was on the. Doesn't week matter, and I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And I don't know. And uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let's let's see what the schedule says. Because if it's like the Chiefs or somebody like that, I don't know if I give them all that much Play opportunity. Uh, I wouldn't know if I give him uh, too much uh, shot against Alabama either. Um, uh, unless Raheem Morris is going to go and uh, start tackling guys and <laughs> play in the secondary. I don't see how. And this whole notion of just because Quinn's gone. And look, maybe they will play better, but I don't know if it's going to equal them winning games. And I think that's the part where we're at right now. It's like, are they going to win more games now that Quinn is gone? So Craig is furiously looking right now at the schedule. I know usually one of us has it up. The fact that neither of us does. Terrible. You can't find a week six schedule? No. I have it. Right? Where are you? You have it. Are they on a bye? Is that why? They they win. They're on a bye. (laughs) They must be on a bye. And maybe that's why, and maybe that makes a lot. Oh more no, they sense play the Vikings. That. They play the Vikings. Sorry. Okay, I'll, uh, you're going to take the uh, the Falcons over the Vikings. I am telling you right now. <clears throat> excuse uh, not me. To cover, the super saying win. Saying win. Okay, in the okay. super contest this week, uh-huh. I am 100 percent taking the Falcons. One hundred. playing? You do not even need to ask me. It is going on the board. The Falcons. Where are they I'm playing? In Minnesota. Taking. You're taking them on the road, yep. or they're at home. Yep, on uh, the road. To win or to cover. What do you think the line is? Uh, Minnesota. You're going to be way off here. What'd you, what'd you Minnesota say? Minnesota three. 
Minnesota three. Oh, wow. No, very close. Okay. Uh, Vikings minus three and a half. Okay. Falcons cover this week. Book it. I'll brag about it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It was a huge week for Chase Claypool, who scored four touchdowns against the Philadelphia Eagles this past week and made the most of every opportunity and target that he got with Ben Roethlisberger. That leads us to our fantasy trivia question as we end the first hour of our two-hour show here on Sports Grid, Joe. So what is the question today? Well, in honor of Mr. Claypool, who was the last rookie to score four touchdowns from scrimmage in an NFL game? Was it A, Reggie Bush with New Orleans? Was it B, Doug Martin, the muscle hamster? Now that's a nickname. Or C, Alfred Morris of the Washington, then Redskins, because it was the Redskins then. So who was it, Mm. Greg, Bush, Martin, or Morris? I'm going Doug Martin. You are correct, and I tried to trick you because Reggie Bush also had four in a game as a rookie, but he wasn't the last one, so good job by you. It was indeed the muscle hamster, and you know that because it happened in Tampa right around the corner from you. I know. I knew exactly right. Only seven hours away. Um, Yeah, I I had Doug Martin his rookie year. I had Doug Martin in Ah. fantasy his rookie year. So I I always have a special candle lit for, for Doug Martin. Uh, I, I want to say the season that Doug Martin was the starting running back for the Bucks that they had somebody else to start at the beginning. And I don't remember who Cadillac it was. Williams? Go, maybe. I'll, I'll have to go back and look. But whoever it was fell out of favor very quickly. And for and back when Doug Martin was being drafted, it was like, like put it this way. Today's in today's day of fantasy, I would not have ended up with Doug Martin. Now everybody has everything. Everyone has you know the black right, book, right. the internet. Like, it's just at, right. at the time I'm drafting Doug Martin, Arian Foster. People are like, who are those guys? Now everybody knows everybody, and there are no sleepers. But that year in particular, I remember Doug Martin playing in college and thinking, ah, you know what? If this guy gets a little bit of an, I did not expect Doug Martin to be running for 50, 50 yard touchdowns. That I, I would tell you, it was a good year. But I've always had year. a had a spot for Doug Martin there. So, uh, but yeah, muscle Reggie Bush four yeah, Reggie Bush had it too. Yeah. But, uh, muscle oh, hamster. Really, I'm, I'm just going to dwell I, on that. I, I had Doug Martin when he was with the Raiders. I think that was two years ago. Right. I, I think I played him <laughs> one week. Like I think he scored. I think, I think he scored. A oh God. Close out the know. hour. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Don't go away. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 